0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest in the world of business, marketing, and entrepreneurship to help you harness your own inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Folks, we just finished a how many mile hike? Uh, It was about four miles four miles so for me that's a lot but for veteran hiker darren mass over here um this is nothing and this was darren's show and darren what's the name of your podcast i took a hike i took a hike and today he took a hike with adam poser and i took a hike uh with darren mass and we're gonna do a collaboration episode pretty cool you'll see the video when it comes out incredible conversation of The two of us just jiving and talking about life and business and entrepreneurship and family and kids and all that shit. But before we get into this fantastic episode, and we just finished hiking, Darren, tell everyone who you are and what you do.
1: I am Darren Mass, and I am a part-time wilderness philosopher and full-time business therapist. And I essentially found inspiration from successful achievers while on a hike. I love it. And quick history lesson, how, how did you make your nut? i had a telecommunications company and i sold that in 2018 to a fortune 500 and decided to exit after being the president of that company
0: for quite a while and that is the boring stuff this hike is the good stuff stuff. i want you to sit back and enjoy this fantastic cross-collaboration episode of i took a hike and the podcast enjoy everybody love it welcome to the podcast where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity,
1: to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. All right, so Adam Posner. That's my are name. Are you okay with being recorded on a podcast?
0: So you asking me for consent? Yeah.
1: I am. Well, there goes that liability. This is I Took a Hike. I'm your host, Darren Mass, founder of Business Therapy Group and part-time wilderness philosopher. Here, we step out of the boardrooms and home offices and into the great outdoors, where the hustle of entrepreneurship meets the rustle of nature. In this episode, we reflect along an energetic trail with Adam Posner, a successful podcaster and the founder of NHP Talent Group. Our topics include Learning from the greats, culture is uniquely personal, popping back up when you fall down, and plan your work and work your plan. Listen on as we discover what was the fuel and the fire that created a desire to start a venture on his own when I took a hike with Adam Posner.
0: You know what? I. As a podcaster man who's done a number of shows for a number of years, I really enjoy when the tables are turn.
1: That is a good intro to who you are. You are a podcaster. You are also an entrepreneur. I think by being a podcaster, that puts you in the entrepreneurial category. Yes, and now. The no. creative. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a business. There's cost. There's revenue eventually, hopefully. And you are also a business owner. You own a recruiting business in Web 3. And Web
0: 2. And Web 2. The second we'll, Web. We'll just call it the OG Web. Yeah. <laughs> What happened to Web 1? You mean the AOL, Prodigy, where you made your money? Um,
1: no, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that old. I wish I made money during that. I am 43. I'm 44. So look at that, you're, you actually look, have finally one got year your flop. senior. <laughs> so you're the elder statesman, so maybe I'll learn a few things from you.
0: Yeah. I'm not a believer in age being like a indicator of who you can learn from and can't. If you get that bias out of the way, everything opens up. Well,
1: so you, I think more so than ever, you were absolutely right. There are kids today that can own us, school
0: us on social media. I spent the first 15 years of my career on social media. And like, you think I'd learn a thing or two? No, I'm the fucking plumber with a broken toilet. (laughs) The problem is trying to get all the shit done by yourself, figuring out where to outsource, how do you scale, how do you keep focused on the business, how do you grow? It's hard you know, but I would never look back at going corporate. You know, I say that now the economy is not doing great. And my business as a recruiter is contingent on the economy. If there's no jobs, no hiring, it's very simple. They don't need me at all. So I need to find ways to diversify income. So where do you start? How is an experienced individual like
1: you going to future proof, the challenges that we are about to face,
0: especially with the economy, because it's not getting better. On this day, the 26th of, 27th? 27th. Of October? That's the real question, my friend. Okay. If I didn't have the podcast, you
1: would have worried. nothing,
0: nothing. So the podcast is your screen. It's my brand. It's your brand. So while there's not recruiting opportunities right now, what am I doing? Doubling down on sponsorship trying to leverage those opportunities. Where could it happen? I talked mean, talks with an um, airline for a potential partnership to do recruitment marketing podcast for them to attract talent. Okay. So basically it be a round table with employees saying why they love working there. Like, like an authentic, not like bullshit canned responses. And you don't even think about it. You're like, wow, companies are looking for authentic ways to connect. Podcasts are a way to do that. So it's not an advertorial. It's not a canned video that you're doing. And that's when the light bulb went off. I'm saying, I'm good at what I do. I'm a great interviewer. Let's market my other skills.
1: That's right. So I think there's a good lesson in there for, for anyone that is trying to discover themselves is learn what you're great at and really go down that road, embellish upon it, and don't be afraid to admit your talents. So it's right? interesting. So you're good at what you do. I would agree with that. I've listened to your podcast. Thank I've you. I've watched it. I do believe you're good. Your personality is sharp. You're spot on. You ask good questions. And most of all... You are fearless with your conversation.
0: I think, I think this goes back to like my, I'm sure you did your research, my journey real quick for your listeners. Born and raised a New Yorker, first 15 years of my career working in advertising and marketing in New York. Agencies, brands, account management strategy. Last stop before pivoting into recruiting, working for Gary V at Vayner Media. Thought it was a holy grail. Grass was good on the other side. It wasn't. I got mean-girled. mean girl. I did not know how to handle it. I got canned seven months in. Me and Gary are boys. And he's like, listen, I love you. Other people do. Not the right place. Wasn't for me. And I was like, fuck, 35 years old. I just moved to the place that I'm bragging about to everyone and my mother. This is before Gary V's Gary V fully. And I thought it was my forever job. And now I'm like, shit. Now what?
1: This episode is sponsored by Business Therapy Group. Are you feeling lost along the winding trails of your business journey? Searching for guidance to spark your entrepreneurial ambitions? Look no further. At Business Therapy Group, we're here to help you navigate the challenges and guide you to business and professional success. Book your session with me at businesstherapygroup.com to break free from the entanglement of employees, processes, and growth. Take action now and
0: book your first session. Now what? Now, what the hell am I going to do? Angry, I was, it was the lowest point. It was the lowest fucking point. You're not the first person I'm telling this story to, but it resonates in the context of what you're asking because on the way out, Gary says, we sat for an hour. You need to stop focusing on your weaknesses and double down on your strengths. And it sounds like you would find in the middle of a fucking fortune cookie, right? Confucius says, men who cannot focus on weaknesses should focus on strengths. Oh, well, thanks, Gary V. Get yeah. the fuck out. You're fired. No, he meant it. And we sat there and we talked about what I'm good at, which is this, and listening, real listening, like active listening and understanding the market. And he's like, well, if, if, if you could do anything but this, like, what do you think you could do? Like, I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be an astronaut. And he did like, oh, what yeah, mean you of course you. I'm like, shut up. Like, you did his Gary thing. Yeah, like yeah. you're not gonna be an astronaut. Well, you won't because you said you won't. Yeah. Right, but what he said to me was, he's like, what could you really do? I was like, well, I have a friend who does healthcare recruiting and another friend who does finance recruiting. Before I could finish my sentence, he goes, you would be a great fucking recruiter. He's like, oh my God. He's like, you, you, you can make more money. You're uncapped. You're limited. And I took that and I went to the bar next door. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even telling you, it was so- You drank your Well, It was so cliche. Ours. It was first, the funniest thing about that story, it was April 1st. So it was April Fool's Day. Wait,
1: you got canned on, on April, 1st. April 1st. Come so I call, on, it my v- I, I
0: call it my V day. It's my V day, April 1st. My okay. V day. I'm coming up on my ninth one this wait, year. Wait, wait. There had to be a moment where you were like, "Ha ha ha, funny." No, no, no. Listen, anybody who's getting fired, if you don't know you're getting fired, you lack complete self-awareness. Yes. Obviously, there's the outliers of shitty companies, okay. shitty situations. You know if you're not doing your job well. You know if you're having conversations about your performance, right? Like. Okay. Like, come on, like have a little self-awareness. I want to pause you on that for a second. This is absolutely true, right? Salespeople is black and white. When a
1: salesperson gets let go, I have rarely, if ever seen a salesperson cry about being fired. They knew it was coming. They come into the room, you know, like, I I get it. But if you're blindsiding someone else in the service side or or an employee and they're crying in shock, then you did a horrible job as a manager to get them to realize their performance needed a little bit of support from you. You're Nobody should be surprised now, that they're
0: getting let go. Now, looking back on it eight years later, even a day later, I was not set up for success. The company was immature in their in their life cycle, right? Three years in, they didn't have the support that they needed to hire on board. Anybody in account management knows in the agency world, usually when you get hired, you're placed onto an account. Adam, we are hiring you for the Pepsi account. They hired me so fast, it didn't have an account. So the first three weeks, I'm floating between accounts. They don't know where to put me. Like, you know, they... They're shuffling me around. No one's onboarding me properly. Yeah. So I was never set up for success. So, long, long story short, I find myself on an account with a lady that's two years junior to me who's very um, eager and aspirational in her journey. And I came in, I was immediately viewed as a threat because I'm trying to assimilate into the organization, wedge my foot in in conversations, get in with the client, figure shit out, right? They took that as a threat and then they mean girl the shit out of me to the point where I couldn't take it anymore and I probably said some things I shouldn't have.
1: Okay, so pause for a second on that. So there is another good point. Onboarding a new employee is yeah, so critical to building culture and starting that employee off on the right foot as well as the rest of the organization. Any change can lead to fear in a company. You will see your, your existing employees boost up when, when fresh blood, new meat enters, right? They're gonna to want to impress, but you want to harness all of that positive energy by doing a proper onboarding or else, What happens is the exact situation. You became the little pup in an Mm -hmm. organization and people really
0: wanted to gun for you. Yeah. And you know what's so interesting too, and this light bulb just went off on my head, onboarding, you could have the best hiring process in the world. But if you fuck up onboarding, that is the worst taste. That's like going on a date and the first date sucks. It's just not, it doesn't align. You can't build that initial chemistry. No, it's it's absolutely terrible. Like you and me, we're on a first date here. Yeah. We're building good rapport. You're you're working me out.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm hopeful we can you know meet for Starbucks later. So let's go back to Mean Girls because I think we've all seen that movie. Mm-hmm. So you were Gretchen.
0: Not particularly because I'm not a confrontational person. Okay. I think I was defensive and when I'm backed into a corner, I'm going to defend myself.
1: Clearly, type A yeah, personality. Yeah.
0: But then it turned into basically high school bullshit and no one in the company took care of it. And at that point, it was it was over. Okay. Right. Like. Like in the hallway, people were like, look at me. You know, you know, it was like shitty. It was like <laughs> I was like, fuck this. So adults can act like children all the time. We call them adults. Would you these say These are twenty these are these are mid to late twenties professionals that I have 15 years senior on. And you were the uh, the old guard. Well 10-year senior at that point. Right? And I was the old man in the room. Like we just moved out to the burbs. I was commuting every day. And here's the crazy thing about Vayner in the early days. It was Lord of the Flies, Aaron. Lord of the Flies. You would come in. <laughs> And the only people that had seats guaranteed were the creatives and the project managers and then the C-suite, right? They had their offices. Everyone else, if you were not in by a certain time, you'd have to sit on the fucking floor. So imagine a shitty March day, mixed precipitation. I'm wet. I'm cold. I'm tired. Just sat on Long Island Railroad. I walk over to Vayner because at that time there's no train. There's no train going across mm-hmm. midtown like that. And I'm like, where do I put my jacket? What do I do? And it's like, w- what's the game the kids play? Uh, musical chairs, and they pull yep. a chair away and there's no chairs left? That's what it was. So, that, right? that so you come in and then you have to sit on the culture. floor. And I'm like, I just commuted. I'm 30. I'm an adult male with a child. And now I'm coming to an office and I have to sit on a floor to work. Like, Did you speak I, up? No, no, no. Everyone did this. Right? It wasn't like me, the like only one. It was like... 40 people. All right, so these are
1: your inner thoughts. Right,
0: yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, these are these are my inner, my inner monologues. So there's a, grass isn't always greener on the other side. Greener is the hot yep. shop in town. You think like, oh my God, my forever job, I love Gary, I idolize him. And I got, and I had great exposure. Listen, those seven months there, man, like, I did biz dev with Gary, I was on calls with him, I got to see him pitch. I sat in a room with Stephen Ross, related properties, Hudson Yards, the owner of the fucking Miami Dolphins like where else do you get that kind of exposure yeah where else you get to do that this is a great trail by the way this is a phenomenal trail it's beautiful absolutely a beautiful trail so long story short Vayner Vayner wasn't it and I gotta tell you something and I've talked about this before but I I enjoy talking about it so I left Vayner April 1st 2015 I didn't start my first day in recruiting until July mid-July 2015 and that was an insane process that's a little bit of a gap First I had to come to Jesus moment. Like, all right, am I going to stop right here after 15 years of investing time, effort, into a career, and pivot? Okay, that's first one, I gotta get my head around that. And then, holy shit, I'm gonna have to start a new industry, learn it, and start at the bottom of the totem pole, fucking rookie day one shit, right? Like, to wrap my head around that was, I call that my self-awareness epiphany.
1: You went through some sort of internal um, existential as well, uh, I guess, crisis.
0: It was the hardest moment of my professional life. Depression, um, anxiety, OCD, all the cliches. Well, well, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm.
1: I uh, talk about it openly. I talk about having ADHD I, and I, all the fun that comes with it. I definitely have
0: a bit of that,
1: not oh, diagnosed. Definitely
0: have it. Definitely <laughs> have that. But. I can
1: tell just by the way that that we're having this conversation. It's your high energy, and we we switch. I do the same thing. Now if you're with someone else that has it, it is a complete understanding but sometimes this could be what my old employees used to say was my squirrel moment i'd <laughs> be having a conversation with you and just like the squirrel from up or the dog yeah. from up chasing a squirrel you like whoop there we go and i and you expected everyone to follow the story
0: right but it's also it's also hard for two podcasters to to have a conversation but i i and this is i'm not even trying to pat myself on the back here i'm trying to make a very conscious effort of not trying to reach over and grab the wheel while you're driving.
1: And don't worry, because I am an <laughs> active listener, and <laughs> this is my job as the host is to listen to your success journey, and I'll interject every once in a while. What do we got here? Black walnuts.
0: What do we do with Where these? Where so those acorns? Do we roast them? You no, know, those like black
1: the, That's a piece of pear shit. No, it's like well, if there's a bear in this wood, then uh, yeah, I'd be shocked.
0: So. You're, you're a worldly man, uh, a renaissance man, a man who knows a thing or two about a few things. So are you familiar with a gentleman by the name of Naveen Jean?
1: I've heard of the Bayonair, name, yes.
0: Viome. Yep. He's gone through a fair, fair share of controversy. But anyway, long story long, I had him on my show a couple of weeks ago. He's doing, he, he takes a ton of moonshots, certified billionaire, and he's talking about global warming. And he said, how audacious are we as humans? You know, 90% of global warming actually comes from volcanoes, from carbon dioxide from the trees and everything and just general decay. And we're responsible for only 10% of it. How audacious do we think we are? So we're trying to change this 10%. What if we start to think about changing the 90%? And he listen, I'm not saying we stick vents in all the fucking volcanoes and reroute the carbon monoxide and capture the trees, but how do we think the Earth's space, the space over the Earth, around the Earth, right? We have How many satellites do you think we have up there? Maybe close to a million. We have a zillion satellites up there Um, covering the Earth. Correct me if I'm wrong. We have the ability right now to pretty much map the entire world at all times, almost real time. We do. Right, right. So why can't we see hot spots in the rainforest and use drone technology to somehow put out these fires that aren't going to spread to wildfires and contribute to global warming versus fighting on fossil fuels when you know greenwashing, when people don't realize that it takes more fossil fuels to create the batteries and the elements in the the electric cars than it does for gasoline. And where do you think they're getting the power from? Anyway, the point that I was trying to make that resonated with that story, said the long way, is how how we start to think about problems versus solutions. And like that conversation as a podcaster really got me, it was a week ago, how do I think differently what's going on in my career right now Mm -hmm. with the market? I'm putting more effort into my core asset, which is my podcast. Recruitment, I could turn over every stone, but if no one's hiring, there's no demand. That's right. You, it's a
1: simple supply demand curve, right? So So that's where as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you need to be
0: very in tune with pivots. Let's get the car back on track, here we go. Right, very in tune with pivots. But is entrepreneur mindset something you're born with? and grow with, you are. I, I've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah, so have I. I did this program in high school called DECA, you might have heard. I was, I was selling ski goggles in high school for this DECA program. I won the state finals, I went out to the country, I came in second in the country. So I always had it. And maybe That's it just entrepreneurial. Took, maybe it took till I was 35, instead of working for the man, to go out on my own. No, so
1: I will correct you on this you needed working for the man to get the best education you will have ever gotten. You got in front of one of arguably the most influential figures in our time currently in the marketing world. I
0: call right now. You know? right? Well not, but yeah. <laughs> right?
1: Hey, get him on the show, Let's hey, go.
0: hey, Gary, you wanna FaceTime in? That would be a great a- addition to He's the He's been show. on three times on my show, yeah. But,
1: but you got a great education. I did the same thing. I had my first little entrepreneurial spark when I was nine. Created a little micro business, failed. Tried again, failed. Tried again in college, failed. Then finally tried again after I had multiple years of working for a large corporate establishment. Gaining l- valuable Inside knowledge on what baseball, it's like. man.
0: Yes, like you have to learn so, from the pros. So think about this for a second. Going back to, we, we were talking about onboarding. If I didn't get onboarded at American Express, Sirius XM, three different ad agencies, I wouldn't know as a recruiter what's good or bad. Amex, world-class. World-class set you up for success. Of course. VaynerMedia, fail. There's there's an in-between.
1: But I think it's not off-brand for the style that Gary has portrayed to match that on par with his his onboarding and culture process internally. In fact- Took a while. I would say that that's probably pretty spot on, being true to who his brand represents. So, if you're the last person in the office, you don't get a seat. Well, guess what? You're the last person in the
0: office. So, was it, it so like, people have asked him this on interviews. Like, was that a psychological experiment? He's like, no, we were just growing so fast. We didn't have a space. And they're waiting to go into Hudson Yards. Okay. Honest.
1: But I could also see that by design. And that's where we can lead into. I don't think that's do you have a
0: culture by default or by design?
1: Interesting. Right? In right, his like, case, it was a culture by default. Right. Versus Netflix. Yeah by design. Or, or Zappos, unfortunately Tony Shea is no longer with us.
0: That was a culture by design and it was all about employee first. So culture is an interesting word. I don't define culture as, you know, ping pong tables, cold brew on tap, especially the fact that the majority of us are remote hybrid. Yep. Culture is how you feel. Do you feel valued? Do you have a clear yes. career path in front of you? Feedback? Do you feel like you're contributing? That's culture to me. Do people treat you fair? I don't think I could have put that any better.
1: Yeah, you're on an incline. You are climbing about 50, 60 feet of elevation in about
0: 150 feet of span. Yep.
1: So let's pivot. Talk to me about your success journey so far.
0: What do you feel as an entrepreneur? At this moment right now, I am consumed with fear because my financial gas tank is running on empty. I think a lot of people feel that same way. And... I need to be able to park that to focus on eye on the prize, okay. which is being top of mind, seeds planted. When the storm passes, they're calling me first. And that's what I've been doing the last four months, five months. Okay. Luckily for me, in the last few days, I figured it out in a res- responsible way, in a low-risk way, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. So I took a deep breath this morning when I decided, it was today, I made the move to take care of finances and get me to where I need to go. That is going to take this weight off my chest, worsen this hike, (laughs) that will enable me to spend the next, what do we call it? Eight weeks of the year, focused, laser focused, plan, holding people accountable who have told me things that they wanna do in a, Professional manner. Okay. So I enter 2024 like a motherfucking ninja, <laughs> right? Some of them will see me coming. Well, hopefully not, because that's not what ninjas do. Yeah, ninjas are. are yeah, they're the, pretty they're discreet. Known for their silence. Right. Their stealth. Right. So some people will see me coming. And actually, you know what? I don't think that's a bad thing. Cause that means I planted seeds the right way, and I've resonated enough to them where, when they're ready to hire. I'm gonna be the first person that they call. So like recruiting, sometimes you're a farmer, you're planting seeds, you're watering them, you're waiting for them to grow. Sometimes you're a fisherman, you're throwing the net out there, trying to see what's out there, and you're hauling it in, you're throwing a big troller net. And sometimes you fall down. And you get back up. you get back up. You just just proved the point right there. And you have to be. You fall down, are you embarrassed by the way? No, no, you fall down. Good, why are you not embarrassed? Because it's not a big deal. Exactly. Everyone falls down. Thank you. Man, right I did there. bend my wrist a little bit, but I'll be okay. Well,
1: you did sign a liability waiver. So. Yeah. But that's a great point. I teach my kids this. I teach every one of my clients this. When no, you just something down, you leaves on up.
0: a decline. It's not yeah. like I fell, I'm fell. i walking on a flat surface like a dick. So now
1: you take it from a pro or someone who has more experience you. sidestep you. it. You sidestep down when it's, it's just like skiing, right? Terrain. When it's, yeah. That's exactly right.
0: Instead of going forward.
1: So I want to rewind us for a second. But there's one last piece there. Okay, Sometimes go
0: you got to be a sharpshooter, and laser-focused on the target you want. So many, many facets. Hey, everybody. I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it.
1: I want to rewind us because you mentioned that money is finite, and I will wholeheartedly disagree with you on that. Money is infinite. It's a resource that you can make more of if you are in tune, wise enough, and have the efforts invested in the right direction. You can get a job. Absolutely you Mm. you're an intelligent human being you are very successful. You've had a lot of successful ventures That's why you're on the show. You are a business achiever. You are inspirational. You could absolutely say hey LinkedIn world I am ready to work for you. You will find money. You will make more of it You can always create more money now. Yes There are lots of people that don't have that skill set that opportunity and different conversation we're having but if you are in tune Just like you could always find more water, at least on the
0: East Coast, you can find more If you dig far enough, and it's an interesting point too, because uh, I I, I would say that if you have the skills and ability, like right now I work for myself. That means I could pretty much take those skills and work for an organization. You're going to eat a big slice of humble pie. You're going to give a percentage of the house. That's all temporary. Fair. Right? And I agree with you. Money, when I interview all these billionaires and successful people, the common thread when I ask them about money, because I love to, like I asked Naveen Jean about about money. And say I asked Gary Vee about money. And he says, money is the fuel to my options. Money is the fuel to my options. Money enables me to do things. Not talking about buying a house and cars and hookers and blow which you could get a lot of uh, billions of dollars, but we're not talking about that. What we're talking no, that's, about is that's your thing. options. Options to build, to grow. So right. a, now, for me, money checks off don'ts. The don't have to worry about. Right, you're, you're, taking, you're taking, my family's taking care of, all these, my, my people are taken care of. I don't have to worry about what's next. And But for me, that's a real scare, and it drives fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yep, right. FUD. the FUD factor. It's so the FUD factor, I'm very familiar. Oh, look at this incline.
1: That on that tree is what's known as a burl, the B-U-R-L, b- the ball sack. Yeah, pretty much. It is a knotted growth. Speaking of ball eight. sack,
0: I'd like to thank our sponsor, <laughs> Manscaped. Real serious. Check out, check out their Ultra Pro Five that's out right now. Manscaped.com. Use promo code POSCAST for twenty percent off and free shipping. Wow, that was shameless. <laughs> I mean, I see a, ball, a shaved ball sack on a tree. It seems like a logical plug. Well, we Here's will... my little Howard Stern influence, which we could get to.
1: Howard is arguably, not arguably, is. definitively the best interviewer of all time. Sorry, Larry King. You're well, no longer
0: around. Larry never prepped. Howard does a shitload of prep. Yes,
1: and Howard has earned the right to cut anybody off because what he has to say is more
0: interesting. There's no better interviewer. And that's, that's right. how I kind of guide my podcasting style. So back to ball sacks on trees, uh, Darren. Back to you. <laughs> uh, so we can move past that, because after
1: that, how could I top that? Although if you do find burl wood and it's fallen down, it is very worthwhile. You can generate a lot of return on that.
0: It's a rare Extremely. wood. Extremely. You don't tens of thousands of dollars. You want to chop, down so want don't to chop down it down. One.
1: But if it's downed already, tens of thousands of dollars.
0: Hmm. So there are burl wood hunters out there? That, there was a show called Burl Wood Hunter. We killed in the ratings. <laughs> actually did. I think it was on for several seasons. So, you know, it's funny, you go back to success and my wife keeps reminding me this. She's like, you have done shit. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of what you've built. She's like, I can't do what you did. You built a brand, you built a podcast. You've done 300 of these. You haven't missed it in a week. I'm not trying to flex her in your show, but like she reminds me of my successes. Cause I'm pretty humble. I don't like to like, you built a business. Oh, I'm know. gathering oozing humility. So you've generated. You've <laughs> generated like if you put it together decent amount of money in the last few years by yourself. Yes. Right? Your tenacity. network. You've tenacity is my other tattoo right here. But your your
1: wife, or as we have to call each other significant others these days, or your partner, partner, Partner. I think it's the that's her being impressed by you, motivating you, boosting you. And then no greater feeling in the world than when you find the right partner to do such a
0: thing. And I'm equally impressed with her. And when I got fired, here's what happened that day, because it's, it's pretty critical. Um, I left Vayner, it was around, we'll call it early, mid-morning, 11-ish. And I called her, she didn't believe me. She thought I was joking. Well, April Fools. Right, exactly. And she's like, come up to my office. And she worked like three or four blocks away on Madison. Like really close, it was really crazy actually. We commute together and everything. And um, I was like, wait a minute, I gotta make a stop first. She's like, why? And obviously in New York City, there's a bar open at 11.58, 10.58 in the morning. Yep. And I went in Black and horse. I was like, Um, it might have been one of those yeah, like the the shamrock on the front Irish New York cliche bar and there was a cliche three old men at the bar drinking the bartender on you know like weird news channel and uh, I did what I did it was a rainy cold April day and I sat at the bar before noon and I had myself a scotch or two and it was great and then I went up to her office we shut the door and I cried like a baby and she said get it all out get it all out because you're gonna pick yourself back up after this and we're gonna figure this shit out together. And that's when I knew like, I was good. And those three months was my journey into recruiting. I've told the story a million times, due diligence, met with a bunch of different recruiting agencies, found the one that wanted me for what I bring to the table and who I am. Not a smile and dial sales shop, but one knowing that I'm bringing a Rolodex of context and industry knowledge I'm going into recruiting for marketing as, a, as someone who worked in industry for 15 years. Like that's an insane competitive advantage. But what I didn't know, I didn't know how to be a recruiter. It's kind of like real estate, right? Yep. Like everyone thinks just because you bought a house, you sold the house, maybe did some renovations that you could be a real estate agent. What else? am yes. I But what I didn't know, I really did not know the art and science of it. There's a nuance. There's a to nuance agreeing. to relationships. There's a nuance to outreach. So anyway, long story short, that first day of fucking recruiting. And there's a piece of the story I talked about too. I was supposed to start the Monday after July fourth on my daughter's birthday, June eighteenth, her third birthday. My parents are in town and my mom accidentally spilled scalding hot pot of water on my daughter in her oh. chair. And she's sitting oh. third degree burns all over her. Oh wow. Worst day of my life. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Worst day of my life. And my mom, like I have my daughter who's like like chicken skin coming off, like it oh, haunts me. God. Like it haunts me. I had PTSD from that moment. I How saw old it. Was she? she was three at the time, third right. birthday. On Shot. on her third birthday, yeah. and my mom, who's just mortified. It took her it obviously. My daughter's eleven. It took her eight. It took her many years to Still forgive cars? herself. No, they used um, uh, pig skin uh, hypodermal transfusion, oh my God. Wow. and it worked great. So I tell my daughter she's she's not kosher for Passover.
1: <laughs> that, so you're really. <laughs> That's a really interesting so, point so so
0: so i was supposed to start and i remember calling tom my my boss who hired me and believed in me and i was like tom i can't start tomorrow my daughters were in the the fire unit at, at nassau county hospital here and that was the lowest point and like just remember that day like you talk about depression like in the parking lot going home after three days in the hospital just to get a change of clothes and shower and take a shift break in in a middle of the night four in the morning yeah rainy parking lot just saying what the fuck like what i have of hell and and that was the moment i'm like it's a real moment i'm like it, it, what the, what did i what did i do is this like a moment of like all the bad shit that i've ever done in my life like i haven't i was like well i really haven't done that i didn't I haven't killed anybody so we so we yet. know yet <laughs> and we'll go back to the murder love tree <laughs> and we'll flip a coin we'll play that game but so and just, that was a moment i was just like to sum it up your daughter yeah. is fine She's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. She's the most amazing. Perfect. Okay. She doesn't even remember it, dude.
1: Good. Well, that's the beauty of time is we tend to forget very traumatic things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably healthy to keep reminding her that that happened. Otherwise, it might become one of those, you know, psychoanalysts like this happened and oh my God, I'm trying to... She,
0: she's, she's aware of
1: it. Yeah. She's aware of it. She has no scars
0: whatsoever. And the, that's and, amazing.
1: Let me ask you this first. Is your mom better and okay? Does she trust herself?
0: Or is that still hard? Is she still hard? It took fields. a couple of years, and now I think she's okay. She's okay with my son, but she was she was messed up for a while. She burned herself. Wouldn't you I, be? And I remember, my wife didn't blame her, but in the same time, it was her fault. Of so course. I also had that it was wasn't hard, on purpose. No, but that but. was a, but that was a hard. That was yeah. yeah I'm good. That was a hard um, bridge to cross yeah. between, and my mom and my wife have an incredible relationship, and my wife not holding any ill feelings towards my mom. Like, had, like someone hurt your daughter. Obviously, it was an act, obviously. So, and not to say that my wife had hard feelings, but like there was, there your, was a lot of work that had to be done. Human emotions are what they are. The thoughts in your head and your
1: wife's head instantly went to blame, anger, disgust, fear, all of the human emotions. Then probably you went through the change management or the change, mm-hmm. the emotional change curves, right? Denial, depression, all of that. Right. They're just normal human emotions. Of course you blame course. your mom. How could you not? It was her nah. fault. But did she do it on purpose? No, not. and now you've healed. Right. The problem though is she probably still harbors a little bit of that because as an adult we don't forget situations. Of course not easily. we're elephants.
0: Yeah. But I've also... If we're lucky, we're elephants. Right. And I, I've also... I, I, I've not wanted to... I've, I've not desired or thought about bringing it back up to my mom and opening up old wounds, because I don't know if she's healed or not. So I don't know the right path for it or if it's even necessary. But um, I've, I'm really close with my mom. We have lots of talks and I just... That's a conversation. It might be worth having the conversation
1: just saying, mom, check in? Yeah, it, I would. I, I personally would. Now, I'm not a psychologist, but a I know how people interact. And you just putting your hand on your mother's shoulder and saying, mom, you know, nobody harbors any negative feelings just in case we have forgiven you there. It wasn't your fault. I just want to make sure that we've had this conversation. We are clear. You should not feel any more
0: remorse. I mean, this takes us into a very interesting thing, which I've been thinking about. Are, do you still have both your parents? I do. Yes. Yeah, and luckily, for my now, father I is too. 80. My mother is 77. Right. So not spring chickens. Right. But they act like it. Right. But that's amazing. Because they're in Florida. Look at these beavers have done. Look at the ingenuity and strength of such magnificent animals that have created this massive structure. Wait. So this is a wooden teepee. Would you like to
1: take a hike into a wooden teepee?
0: I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I
1: I think this is a first. Or are we looking at some Blair Witch Project
0: style? Right. This is where we decide the fate of the murder love tree. Oof. That's a look back on camera. for everyone All right. Out there.
1: Let's Let's do this. <laughs>
0: yeah that'll be that'll be this a good is a shot. nature
1: hike hey listener thanks for hiking along with us discover more episodes at itookahike.com or to recommend an adventurous guest apply to be a sponsor or to simply drop us a line Out of this. Thing. all right back on the trail of success back on the chain so let's let's give a moment of sharing sharing what we've known sharing some inspiration what are some tips and tricks some really inspiring moments that you can share for anyone that is budding or sitting at that really bad job, that desk they hate with an idea, they want to start something, but they just don't have the push. So
0: it sounds so platitudinal, but I I really do believe in a couple of things. I believe in make shit happen. That's my mantra, make shit happen. Get shit done, let's fucking do it. You have an idea, do it, try it. What's the worst that could happen? It doesn't work out? Like you still have your job that you hate, you know what? But if you die tomorrow and you didn't try, That's on you, man. You're gonna have to go to the grave with that. But what I really believe from a a tactical standpoint, every single day, my mantra, and this came to me from Tom Hall, who who gave me my first chance in recruiting every morning when I start my work day, plan your work and work your plan, plan your work and work your plan, plan your work and work your plan. I'm going in focused and I may have my, I'm old school, man. I love writing on sticky pads because I love the feeling when I'm done of throwing it away. The actual act of throwing it in the garbage and being done. it off. Versus being like having my my notes section on my iPhone being like 3,000 things that I don't know where I left off. But also that notepad, some days there's 10 things on there and I get all 10 things done. But some days there's 10 things on there and I only get three done and I feel equally productive because those three things were the most important movers in my business. But I'm able to visualize those. But getting back to the core of it, there's no excuse in this day and age for the most part then you should be stuck in a job. You should, there's there's so many That's options right. in this world. You're
1: literally wasting your life you're, away unless you don't like your job, you're using it to test your courage, your strength, pushing past fears, reaching out to mentors. Right. Use it as on-the-job training. Correct. Make it purposeful. By the way, just to give you a factoid, the art of handwriting a note sears mm. that brain-hand
0: connection in, and it, it helps you remember. The other, the other cool part about... The other cool part about... Well, not cool part is like... There's also people in jobs that they're great paying jobs they may not love them and they're able to do their passions on the weekends at home and they, and right. they love it too the real problem are people that are stuck in dead at jumps now there are people by socioeconomic place in the world have to do what they have to do but we're talking about people that have options we're talking about people that could actually like do something different there's no excuse and with the democratization and plethora of free information out there on the interwebs you could learn anything. Like You can learn any skill. Like college, I, I still question. You can the, learn about Burlwood. I'm not, but you can. Like <laughs> in theory, you can. But that goes back to like, you know, the, the, the new thing I'm doing now to, to monetize my experience is not career coaching. I call it career therapy, Darren. Okay. And the difference is that there's no, like I'm not putting you into a course or a program, but what I am doing is analyzing what's working, what's not working, holding you accountable, and coming up with an action plan and giving you the tactics and tools that you need to be successful in your job search or your career transition, your career pivot, based on my experience, and the early clients are loving it. Love it. Because- That's what people need is career therapy. And, and I'm a, I, they vent to me and I hold them accountable. I text them, I'm like, dude, did you do this yet? No, why not?
1: So you are nailing the underlying theme why I came up with business therapy because business owners fail to realize their own accountability. They make so excuses. Human beings are capable of rationale, which is what sets us apart from the animal kingdom, right? Think about it. If you have a sales individual and they have a quota and they miss that quota for a few consecutive months, wouldn't you write them up or put them on a performance improvement okay. plan or try to coach, train anything to inspire, encourage or fix, right? But the business owner, if they are the partner in charge of sales and they miss their number, sometimes they just make an excuse or mm-hmm. ignore it. And that's where the help of a board, if you're a big company, a board of advisors right. if you're a small company, or you're a personal your six board, and your mindset. right? A personal board can come into play to hold the business owner accountable. For their own success. Same thing what you're doing, it sounds like you're doing with people. I'm a big believer that you should have a personal board of advisors.
0: <laughs> I'm smiling because I, I have, I have a, my own board of, of advisors. I call it my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I, have, I have mentors and I, and I engage them in a couple different ways. I have mentors that are close, tactical, where I could call on them anytime. And then there's mentors from afar, like Gary Vee is a mentor from afar. I watch, I learn, I observe. I'm also able, if I really need to, you know, make contact, but that you, that's like the, the emergency ripcord. Yep. But there's other folks in my network, Joe Mullings, Scott McGregor, that are worldly experienced, successful, long-tenured recruiters that have been through down cycles and have built businesses and they built media brands around their recruiting business. So I am a Mark recruiter. I am a hybrid. I don't define myself as a recruiter. That's what I do. Wait, can, we, can we pause for a second sure. and keep recording because I want to talk about something. Do you remember the first phone call we had when you told me the premise of the show? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, that was, I, I think am it was within, elephant. Yes. I think that was within a year, within a calendar year. Maybe less.
1: Uh, it was less. About eight months ago. Right. So, yeah, so I started this in, in May.
0: And and how how many episodes have you recorded? I've recorded 36. Three Dude, seasons. so first and foremost... Kudos to you for following through on a plan and going through it. This is a great concept. I remember telling you at first, I'm like, I like the concept. There's obviously parameters. You have to get all these shows in on the East Coast in a certain amount of time. But you did it. And now that I'm actually doing it with you, I'm smiling for you, man, because it's fucking cool. And that's like the same thing with like when I had this idea for the podcast, it just came to me. I'm like, "Um, podcasts were kind of okay in 2018, 19. They were growing. And... There's a bunch of recruiting podcasts out there and i listened to them and i'm like these are so fucking dry this is so clinical it's like boring i don't want to listen to it and i and i I was talking to my friends i'm like you know what i'm just gonna record a zoom call because now we have the ability to download the audio and video and my other buddy's a sound guy and let's just throw it into a podcast and i recorded the first one on a whim no prep zero prep and the first podcast was born february 2019 and i have not stopped and i urge you I tell every podcaster this, set attainable goals. My first goal was 50. That's a year's worth of shows. Mm -hmm. Most podcasts, I don't know the stats, called Podfade, fail after seven episodes because people don't realize how much work it takes. And then
1: then the majority of those that made it don't last beyond 20.
0: Right, yeah, there's phases of of fall off because people also think, unless you're Kim Kardashian or, or a famous celebrity who has cachet, You're not going to get a lot of downloads. It took me. It took me a year almost to break 200 downloads an episode.
1: So this is a concept of perseverance, and yes, this is extremely daunting. Daunting. You have to have a true passion, Mm. just like you would believe in any of your startup ventures. Love podcasts. If you don't have a passion for one, the media Mm -hmm. or medium that you're you're marketing, then don't do it. And if you don't have a passion to completely ignore many of the risk factors of a normal business, right? The product is the podcast. The podcast is a marketing tool. The product is really you. And that is different than a, you know, selling topsy tails, right? Right. You don't have a physical, tangible asset that you're selling or a service. Right. So you have to ignore some of those, those key data points yeah. and push past it. And as you know, podcasting is expensive it is an
0: investment i've also figured out how to <laughs> minimize it but it, look i mean look at you have, you have a full crew here in topic now yes you have worked hard and you have the ability to start out of the gate with great equipment kudos to you to be able to do that right but you don't have to have that to be a podcaster no i no. recorded my first show on a shitty 50 dollars yeti mic on a zoom you know a macbook camera right but you don't the equipment does not make the difference in a successful podcast so to speak Hey listener, thanks for hiking along
1: with us. Discover more episodes at itookahike.com or to recommend an adventurous guest, apply to be
0: a sponsor or to simply drop us a line. So getting back to LinkedIn a little bit. It's interesting, like every other platform, it's an attention economy Mm -hmm. and people are monetizing these brand deals with the influencers. Yep. And there's people that game the system, people that do it right and it's a shame with companies like Hootsuite and HubSpot that are aligning with people that are hacking in an unethical way. Okay. And the truth is, they don't give a shit. Why so are you some, the referee? Right. So exactly. So I came. Why I had a came. Care? I had a came to Jesus moment uh, about less than a year ago, when I was kind of calling out all the bullshit on LinkedIn of all these cheaters and hackers. And part of it was what because. What does that mean by cheaters and hackers? There are people I'm unaware. Right. The, very simple. There are people that use. Either inorganic in growth methods like to what? game the system so like buying fans or buying likes fans or? and okay. likes right first which of all is, i didn't even know that was a which thing is an age-old age-old social media hack right but here's the deal linkedin knows who they are. It violates terms of services, but LinkedIn chooses to turn a blind eye. And I truly think because LinkedIn only cares about ad sales Ah. and they want that engagement metric for a KPI for how much they could charge for their ads. Okay, so quick pivot. So there's my, is there anything
1: wrong with LinkedIn being a company and wanting revenue? They're not in the altruism
0: business. No, it's owned by Microsoft. There it is. Yeah. I had no idea. No. They got bought for like $8 billion. You can fact check me on that. Yeah. So. Much I, more than that. I, I had think.
1: absolutely no idea that LinkedIn was acquired. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, look read, at that. Reading them. All right. Yeah,
1: that's um, that's uh, interesting. But so then, that's probably the exact moment that everything changed. Right. And you're right. They do push certain people more than others. Right. They, they do because they're I wish in, they would push my content more. I wish I, they would push my content more. Of course. Uh, what what I and, have and, and, been what I have been told. My editor actually told me this. He's an extremely creative individual, um, great mind at such a such an early age. He brought it out to me. He wasn't trying to burst my bubble, but he said, Darren, your message is positive. Positivity doesn't sell. No. People want fear, anger, v. Ga- and greed. G- Gary V's the only one
0: that's. He's sells. not positive.
1: Gary V's message is straight to the face. You know, your marketing sucks. This method now, is better. Be real, be honest. But his original thing. Oh,
0: well, his original shit was all hustle culture. Yeah. You're, not, you're not making it work. And you know what? People are shit for I that? Saw I saw
1: Gary Vee. Like, oh. I was at a Vistage conference with like 500 Ooh, professional saw... CEOs in the room, real
0: CEOs. Real CEOs? He's CEOs. He's on not the LinkedIn stage. CEOs? Yeah, re, no, real CEOs. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not LinkedIn CEOs. Actual CEOs of,
0: of enterprise level organizations.
1: And he, he basically dropped, I counted them because I kept tally, I, I was keeping the ticks, 49 F bombs. Of course and then he asked for volunteers to ask questions the first volunteer gets up he must have been a ceo in his 60s said something and gary goes you know what what do you do for marketing he goes well we have a newsletter he goes you know what mm-hmm. your newsletter is bullshit yeah <laughs> right he was insulting the crowd that worked for him for him he was the first person that these people mm-hmm. ever heard yeah that was literally a mistress on. to them a dominatrix so like oh so they yeah. became a I dom like this. yeah
0: tell me more yeah. yeah they became choke me out but i just call me daddy it was the first time and i actually gravitated to that because i thought it was brilliant yeah, of course he would he was, he was the, the opposite of Tony Robbins, yes. right? He was the he antithesis, could, th- yeah. Right, he was, the, antith- he was the, the, the serum that we all needed. He was the magnet that the Hustle Bros had for, var- for validation. And it worked. And you know what? I am not against Hustle. No. Are you kidding me in this day and age? I, if I don't hustle, I don't make money. If I don't make money, my kids don't get fed. Especially in this day and right? age. And you if, are not and, like and if you can't go out and hunt for your fucking meal and your prey to feed and get the hell out of this business and go back to a nine to five that I have nothing against, but don't call yourself an entrepreneur. That's exactly right. Now, let me tailor it to this because we are coming close to the end here.
1: Do you believe that you are a successful person? Yes. Why do you believe you're successful? What is your definition?
0: I've been thinking about this one a lot and I think my definition kind of varies a little bit, but it ultimately comes down to happiness, right? That's my kind of metric, like, am I happy? Listen, Claude Silver, who works for Gary V, who's one of my idols, Claude says, we've survived 100% of our bad days. Mm-hmm. And that one hit me like a ton of bricks. So of course we have shitty days. Two days ago, it was a real shitty day for me when a big deal fell through But guess what? Went home, have a loving wife, loving kid. Universal theme here. Right? And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I sit in my office, this studio that, here's another fun one. I look back on episode one of the podcast, early in my days of being a solopreneur, in a WeWork type place on a Zoom call. And then I fast forward to yesterday when I'm recording in my, my own studio that I built with lighting and cameras and a roadcaster too and thousand dollars worth of equipment. I'm like, yeah, it's not the value of the equipment. It's the fact that I kept doing it to the point where this is necessary for it's the quality of the show, the consistency and like the reps, you put in the reps. And I've, I've landed on stages in the last few years that I've only dreamed about and it has ignited the fire in certain areas that has been dormant. So for me, that's success. Money, I made money, lost money, made stupid best decisions and- You ain't taking it with you. And it's, and it's, how do you have a micro view at times when you need to and then be able to pan out and say, you know what, life is good. Health, happiness, family, friends. I have a great career. It's like, you could listen, at the end of the day, you can't control the outcome of most things in life, but you can control the level of effort. That's right. And as long, I said this to my wife this morning, when I dropped off at of work, I go, for the most part, babe, I can tell you now in this downtime that I'm putting in the fucking work and I'm happy. So I want to see better results, of course, right? But like, if I, if I was like sitting in bed all day, like smoking vape all day in bed, <laughs> like, no, I'm not successful. Did you but you hustle. So Adam Posner. Bring it home, buddy.
1: Yeah, I think that you are definitely successful. I have thoroughly enjoyed this hike with you. You have inspired me. The back and forth was was contagious and I really did enjoy the momentum and the cadence we had. I believe you are a good person inside and out. I believe you you portray inspiration. I believe you learned a lot about hiking today. I think I did. And I believe you definitely went to hustle. So thank you so much for your time and your inspiration. And I am enlightened. I am enlightened too. Thanks, my man.
0: Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.